So our theme today is, what good are wings without the courage to fly? Um, when I was in corporate America, I spent a lot of time on airplanes. And uh, we were flying into Cleveland to do a class for CSA, who I used to work for. And um, the only way to get into Cleveland at that particular time was these small little commuter. Have you ever been on those little? Yeah. Yeah, so you look at the seats and you look at your rear end and think, it ain't going to happen. But somehow you wedge yourself into there and you go. And so we're all loaded on the plane and we're not going anywhere. And all of a sudden the announcement comes over that we're over the weight limit. <laughs> so all the Weight Watcher people did this. <laughs> Me included. So, um, so the flight attendant comes down the island. She's looking to see... <laughs> She has a fatty in mind. That's what I figured out. She had a fatty in mind. So she walked by me and I thought, oh good, I'm not the fattest one on the plane. And then next thing else, she comes back and she goes, you, she says to me, can I, can I talk to you? And I'm like, you can. <laughs> she said, we have a weight limit. And I said, yes. And she, I said, how many pounds are you overweight? She says, about 200. And I said, well, there's a 200 pounder right in that front seat. I said, yes, you go after them. And she did. She went after the 200-pounder in the front seat, and I got to fly. So I began to think about that with this whole theme about we have a weight limit um, that you and I have been given, and it's a spiritual weight limit. And the key is not to pick up stuff along the way that weighs you down, because when you do that, you cannot fly. And so your weight limit is anything that causes you not to be free, causes you to be fully who you are, and causes you not to be able to step forward out of fear. So every single one of us have a weight limit. Unfortunately, what I see is a lot of people are carrying a lot of baggage, and their weight limit is over-exceeding. So this morning, I want us to begin to understand that we have spiritual wings that will only work without a weight limit, without the stuff that we pick up along the way, the belief systems, the grudges, the lack of forgiveness, the fear, prejudice, limitation, fear, any of those things that we begin to take on the journey and we could fly, but our wings have a weight limit. And we have to let all of those things go. What I know is that fear is a reaction. Courage is a decision. And so we are constantly weighing back and forth how is it that we can set free that which who we are called to be. I remember having that conversation with a practitioner many years ago about what was the will of God for me. And, um, and I was going on about trying to figure out this will of God for me and and my practitioner, Sadie, said one thing to me. She said, the will of God is very simple. You are responsible to be 100% Norman. And she said, and anything that gets in your way, you must remove it because the will of God for you is to be fully who you are. So I say that to you this morning because so often we name it as a profession or as a job or any of those components. And what I'm telling you is, your profession and your gift and your will to follow God is very simple. God has an expectation of you to be fully who you are. 
without fear, without limitation, without carrying all the baggage that you and I carry. So I hear a lot in my life, not just in my own personal life, but in others' lives as well. I hear this I can't thing. I can't do what I really want to do because of money. I can't do this because I don't have the connections. I'm not smart enough. I was talking with a friend of mine this week who still tells me that she wants to get a degree, but she can't do it. And so I had this long discussion with her about, so, so let's write down the can'ts. So we began to, to write down all the can'ts of what was not possible. And at the end, she said, I said, there are any other can'ts? She said, no. I said, good, because you just gave me a whole load of bullshit, so now let's get to the real issue. Because <laughs> that's true. She gave me nothing but balarkey. Because she has an I can't attitude, and she begins to build a case around this whole piece. I am no stranger to this. Um, when I was writing my book, 29 Questions for the Ordinary Life, which is on sale in the bookstore, <laughs> for those of you who have never bothered to read it, and just depend on me to stick my own quotes up so you think you got the whole book, but you don't. So I got to this place where I was making every excuse not to finish the book. It was too costly. I didn't know how I was going to do the end. There was a whole list of things going on. And so I, um, one of my friends said to me, you're, you're stalling. You're stalling. You're, you're, you have this ability to put this book into production, but you are stalling. And so I finally realized that I need to hire a life coach who was going to kick my butt. So my life coach is here today. Carol, would you stand up? So Carol O'Dwyer kicked my butt. She's little, but she's Italian. <laughs> and what Carol did was every excuse that I came up with, she came up with a possibility. After my first phone call with her, I was so aggravated <laughs> because she called me on my stuff. And I published the book. We don't do it with just books. We do it in relationships that we have no business being in. We do it with the job that we feel we're stuck in. We do it with every single situation in our life. And when we do, we bring all this weight. And what happens is we cannot fly because there is a weight limitation. Our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes, wrote the following in our textbook. He said, we are born with a natural desire to express and soar in life. We can block it or squeeze it down to a small volume or even stop this divine flow. Doubt, fear, uncertainty, anxiety, and a sense of insecurity can so congest and weigh down our mental life that nothing good can get through. We become so frustrated with our little thoughts and fears and doubts that weigh us down that it is impossible for us to let God flow through us with the joy of life. Our problem is not with God, who is the river of life. The trouble is with ourselves. We were given wings the day we were set on this planet, spiritual wings. We are meant to soar, and we are meant to be fully who we are called to be. What I know is no amount of security is worth the suffering of a mediocre life chained to a routine that killed your dreams. And if that is you, I'm waking you up this morning. 
It is a false sense of security to remain in a situation in order to be comfortable and in order to not really fly, to not really soar in the areas of our life that we're called to soar. All of our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. Walt Disney. I begin to look about when you wish upon a star, when you look at all the Disney messages that are being sent in all the Disney movements. It is about imagination, possibility, and living your dream. And the reason Disney has been so successful is because they base their business model on that. Possibility, flying, soaring, things that we thought were never possible, they find a way to do it. So this morning, I wanna focus on three areas that are gonna help us, first of all, get rid of some of the weight that we are carrying. Secondly, I want us to begin to look at what are the skills we need in order to move into this place of being able to fly and soar in our life. So the first one is, we all have wings to fly. So get over the excuse that you don't have it, because you do. All of us have the wings of possibility. God is not particular and God is not special on you. Sorry to break the news. God created everyone equal. So what is possible for me is possible for anybody else on the planet coming through the personality of who they are. So God has given it equally to all. So don't give me the excuse you don't have wings because you do. They are spiritual wings waiting from the divine to give you a gust of wind to get you off your butt and doing you know what you're supposed to do. Secondly, the skill that's going to get you there is how you are viewing your life and how you're viewing your world. Because what I know is the picture in your mind is the outpicturing of your life. So when you stand in the weight of things that will not let you fly, the universe takes you upon your word and says, it is granted. Say that with me. So I don't have enough money. Yeah, I don't have a big enough butt. I need to get my lips done. That's right. No matter what you say, all God does is says, it is granted. Your fear and your limitations, it's granted. It also works in the opposite direction. I am a prosperous being. I have the possibility to go to school and finish my degree. I want to go to a very particular school. That's right. Because what you are thinking and what you are picturing is outsourcing. And so you've got to check your picture this morning about that in which you are not doing what you know you're supposed to do. And last but not least, we're going to look at the life of a butterfly, which is going to give us some very particular clues on how to use your wings. They don't have a large and long lifespan. But how they live their life is particularly important for you and I. First one, we all have wings to fly. This is a wonderful children's story that's been around for a long time, and I have been waiting forever to use it. So sit back and enjoy it. There once was a little girl who had wings. She didn't know she had wings, but they were there all the same. Folded and tucked into the place between the girl's shoulder blades, the wings laid hidden for seven long years. 
Then in the middle of a beautiful daydream and imagination session, out they sprang. Tearing through the girl's thin cotton dress, her magnificent wings struggled for freedom. People came from far and wide. Look, they said, what a beautiful set of wings you have. And the girl was so proud. She fluttered her wings to show them just how splendid they were and how they would show like rainbows in the sun. Can you fly? The girl was asked this simple question many times. And every time the girl gave the same answer. I don't know, she would say, I've never tried. People shook their heads sadly and went on. And one day, a young boy came to see this girl's beautiful wings. They're beautiful, agreed the boy readily. Wait till you see them in the sun, she said. And she fluttered her wings to show the boy how they shone like rainbows in the sun. But before the sunlight could capture her wings, a large rain cloud appeared and blocked out the light. A drop of rain fell on the girl's face. She folded her way her wings quickly and she didn't want them to get wet. Oh, said the boy. There was a sadness in the boy's voice, disappointed on his face, and the girl noticed it. Let's wait, she said. Perhaps the rain will go away soon. The girl took the little boy's hands and they ran into her house and the girl's mother gave them cupcakes and lemonade. The girl cupped down her cake but the little boy just nibbled at his as he looked out the window. He was waiting for the rain to stop. I want to show you my wings, said the girl. So the boy and the girl sat at the table. They drank more lemonade and ate more cupcakes. The boy asked the girl questions about her wings. Have you always had them, he asked. I think so, she said. Only they were hidden away. Well, well how did you find them? The girl laughed, I didn't find them, they found me. The boy frowned. She said, I was daydreaming and imagining all kinds of things. You are always daydreaming, said her mother. Me too, said the boy, he looked at the girl's face. What happened? Well, I was daydreaming and imagining things and I can't remember what, but I remember in particular beautiful daydream full of lovely colors. Well, what happened, said the boy. Well, suddenly the wings sprang out from my shoulders right through my dress. You should have seen the fuss, her mother said. Are they heavy, said the boy. Not really. Well, where are they now? The girl pointed to the space between her shoulder blades and said, they're tucked inside of here. The rain continued and so did the questions. Have you ever torn them? No. Does anybody else have them? No. Do they grow when you grow? Maybe, I'm not sure, she said. Do you ever wish you didn't have wings? This took the question, this question took the girl by surprise. Of course not. Why should I? The girl waited for the boy to ask the one question that everyone always asks, but the question never came. She listened to the rain against the window and the girl was getting tired. Maybe you should come back another day, she suggested. He can't leave in that, the mother said. He'll get soaked. The girl licked the icing from the top of the cupcake. Don't you want to know if I can fly, she teased. You can't, said the boy. The girl dropped her cake. How do you know, she demanded. The boy stood up. He eased his jacket from his shoulders and out sprang a pair of wings. The girl gasped. You have wings too. 
Why didn't you tell me? You didn't ask, said the boy. <laughs> so you can fly. I could, said the boy. Well, what do you mean? She's, I could fly, said the boy sadly, but I can't fly right now. What happened, asked the girl. It's rude to ask questions, her mother said. But the girl was about to remind her mother of all the questions the boys had asked her, but the mother shook her head with no. The girl glared at him. She had tried so many times, so many secret attempts. She was about to protest when her mother placed a warning hand on her shoulder. I'm sorry, said the girl, she shrugged. Would you like another cupcake? The rain stopped. I better go, said the boy. Don't you want to see my wings in the sun, asked the girl. The last thing the boy was to see was the girl's wings again, to be reminded of his own now useless wings. But the girl was so keen and so proud, he remembered how proud he had been with his own splendid wings before they stopped. Yes, he said, of course I want to see them. The girl unfurled her wings. The sunlight bounced from them, making them shimmer in the surface of the lake. From the shimmer rang this beautiful rainbow. The boy put out his hand to touch one of her beautiful wings, and the girl jumped back. Don't touch, she said. The boy nodded, and the girl saw the sadness in his eyes, and the boy saw the sadness in hers. What was it like, she asked to fly. The boy looked up in the sky better than anything, he said. Anything. I've tried, said the girl. She lowered her head many times. Me too, said the boy. The tips of the girl's wings began to flutter, slowly at first, and then faster and faster, and then inch by inch, the fluttering traveled down the girl's wings until they fluttered from the top to the bottom. The boy grabbed her hand and said, try, try right now. To fly, asked the girl. Yes, I can't, said the girl. I've tried before. Ah, but when you tried before, said the boy, did your wings flutter like they're fluttering now? No. I think, said the boy, I think if you try right now, it will work. But I don't know how, said the girl. I do. The boy jumped in down on the spot, and then he stood still. He closed his eyes, imagined all kinds of beautiful things, and smiled. The tips of his wings began to flutter. The rest of his wings began to flutter, and up he went. He flew in a circle around the girl's head and then swooped into the sky. The boy flew down and landed tenderly next to her. It didn't work, she said. I jumped just like you did. The boy laughed. It wasn't the jumping that made me fly. It wasn't, said the boy. I was jumping up and down because I remembered. The girl was growing impatient. Remembered what? Remembered what I was doing when I first flew, and I did it again, and it worked. You shut your eyes and smiled, said the girl. So the girl shut her eyes and smiled just as the boy had done. Nothing happened. Not even a tiny flutter of her wings. It still hasn't worked. It's no good. I'll never be able to fly. I've closed my eyes like you and I smiled. But did you think like me? Think like you? 
how on earth could I think like you? I don't even know what you were thinking. The boy took her hand. Do you remember when your wings first appeared? Yes, said the girl. I told you about it. What were you doing? I don't know, said the girl. Yes, you do, urged the boy. You told me you were in the middle of a daydream and imagination. The boy squeezed the girl's hand. That's right, said the girl. Daydream and imagine, said the boy. Daydream? Imagine? Yes. Now? Yes, right now. And that's what I did. The girl closed her eyes, daydreamed and imagined, began to appear. And when it arrived, it came in tiny bursts. The girl imagined eating her mother's cupcakes, drinking her cool lemonade. She imagined her wings shining in the sun, forming rainbows. She imagined people admiring her beautiful wings. Then she imagined eagles and angels and butterflies and hummingbirds and dragons and dancels and thousands of winged creatures thronging throughout the sky. Finally, she imagined herself in the middle of these winged creatures flying through her beautiful daydream. And then in the middle of this beautiful daydream, the girl with wings flew. She flew. She soared. And the minute she stopped imagining, she came down to the ground. Our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes, clearly understood that we have wings. For when you imagine and when you change your thoughts, God goes to work. Because your thoughts and your possibility thinking open the avenues for the universe to work. The only reason we are grounded is because your mama told you you were grounded. You and I are meant to fly. We're meant to soar. We're meant to change our thinking in order to change our life because we all have the wings to fly. Until you spread your wings, you will have no idea how far you can fly. Until you have the courage to step out into a possibility world and a possibility thinking, you will not fly. I want wings to fly, and life replied, dreams are your wings. Possibility are your wings. For those determined to fly, having no wings is just a little detail. And by the way, you are not in charge of the details. Say that, I am not in charge of the details. You are in charge of your mind and your thoughts and your thinking. That's what you're in charge of. Let God do what God does. God, the unlimited possibility of the universe, that which is the source of everything, has every single avenue in which to play in. That is none of your business. Your business is to think differently. Your business is to dream the possibility. It's to shift the dynamic in your life. And if you want to know where to shift, look where you're grounded. Look where your butt is holding you down. 
where you sit instead of stand or don't spread your wings because you're fearful or you're in doubt or you're in pain. It is precisely in those areas that the universe reminds you that your job is to think differently, to feel differently. Spread your wings, darling. You have better places to be and fly. Never, everyone, I can't read this. Not everybody can handle you, and that's a blessing in disguise. So many of us are so dependent on someone else's dream for us. And sometimes the dream for us is painful. And these people show up in our lives and tell us what we can and cannot do. Remember what you are in charge of. Not their dream, yours. Your thinking and your possibility. The tool that will help you do this is how you are viewing your life. The picture you are painting and creating is creating you. How you are describing things and how you imagine things to be creates your reality. It outpictures itself through you and through me, directed by a universe who pays attention to what we say, what we think, and what we feel. The outpicturing of the universe is dependent upon us not a God out there doing something to us. It is dependent on us and how we picture the world. Our founder, Dr. Nurse Holmes, reminds us of something really important. If we could come back to see that life is a mirror tending to reflect back to us the images of our own thinking, then we should realize that by changing our thinking, we can change the reflection in the mirror. Life is simply outpicturing to us that which we think about. What do we want to see in the mirror? And the more you think about something, the more it comes into reality. Positive or negative is left to you. The universe produces the reflection. If you want to fly... What do you need to see in the mirror and in your outpicturing of life for this to happen? What is it in your brain that needs to shift and change for the outpicturing? What I know is a negative mind never produced a positive life. It produces a negative life. I love this conversation. Me, let me sleep, brain. Laugh out loud, no. Let's stay awake and remember every stupid decision you made in your life. Okay. Okay. And we live from that spot. We carry the weights so that we cannot fly, and we think of every stupid decision we have ever made in life, and it repeats over and over, and I know you've never had this experience, but at three o'clock in the morning, I have had that experience. Wake up, people. 
we're in charge of this whole darn thing. Every ounce of it. There is freedom waiting for you on the breezes of the sky. And you ask, what if I fall? Oh, but my darling, what if you fly? What if you move in that other direction for possibility? Because when life puts you in a tough situation, don't say, why me? Say, try me. No one has ever beat cancer who says, oh, it's happened to me. No, my friends, it's happening through you. And your decision on how you fight it or how you embrace it makes all the difference in the world. Because your thinking is giving a direction to a universe that is unlimited. Be very careful as the direction giver. Direct well. Because the quality of our thinking will determine the quality of our future. The world as we have created it is a process of our thinking. It cannot be changed without changing our thinking. Einstein, sort of a bright fellow who sort of thought of things a little bit differently than you and I and shifted the planet and invites us to do the same. He is not special and he has not been given some magical right by God. The same dynamic that created him called the universe God spirit is the same dynamic that created you and me. If we would get off our butt, let go of the stuff so that we can fly, it could happen. Last but not least, I am blessed to have a husband who does the most magnificent garden on the planet, and my job is to enjoy it. And we have a butterfly house, and we get tons of butterflies. I'm fascinated by them. The other day, Scott and I were standing there, and this butterfly was fluttering around my head. I always think it's my mother, <laughs> which is probably who it is. This is what butterflies can teach us. Number one, usually the things that give you butterflies in your stomach should not be ignored. This means that they are either very important to you or that they make you nervous, and nervousness is a good thing. Whether it be a challenge at your work or a new relationship, have the courage to pursue the things that give you butterflies. Secondly, change is good. Repeat this one with me. People, just like butterflies, have to go through a change in order to become who they want to be. Without change, life would be easy but boring. Change is nothing to be scared of, and you'll never know how it will shape you until you embrace it. Allow the cocoon experience of your life to take its time so that you can fly. Third, Live it now. The average lifespan of a butterfly is one month. If you had only one month to live, what would you do with your time? Living for the now is sure way to appreciate and love yourself and everyone else around you. You will feel more fulfilled when you understand that your life is like a butterfly with limited time. Will you fly? Fourth, don't let the caterpillars keep you from flying. Wherever you go and whatever you do, 
You may come across negativity from others, but the butterfly knows that caterpillars do not yet understand what it is like to fly, and he flies anyway. All in all, don't let others keep you from growing, doing, and becoming everything that you want to be. You and I possess within ourselves at every moment of our lives, under all circumstances, the power to transform the quality of our lives, knowing that it is what work is all about. Personal work, excuses, letting stuff go. The personal work that you and I are called to do on this planet. Confidence is not, they will like me. Confidence is, I'll be fine if they don't. I will fly without them. I will leave that caterpillar, get in my cocoon, change what I need to change, and bust through it and fly. Because change is hard at first, messy in the middle, and gorgeous at the end. Where are you in those three stages? You could be in mess. Congratulations. It will end up being gorgeous if we have the courage to spread our wings. When you've spent your whole life listening to others, it takes courage to pay attention to the sounds of your own voice. When I hear someone say, you know what you should do, I run the other way. Because the only one that knows what to do is found in here, in the stillness of your heart, in the chambers of your consciousness, where God whispers the truth that you are beautiful, that you must fly. And God says to you, and I come to the edge, and you say, no, I'm too scared. And Spirit says, come to the edge. No, there'll be nobody there to catch me. Come to the edge, Spirit says. And I move to the edge. And Spirit pushed me, and I flew. Come to the edge. This beautiful poem just struck me when I had read it. I was at the window when a fly near the latch was on its back spinning, legs furious going nowhere. I thought to swat it, but something in its struggles was too much like my own. It kept spinning and began to tire. Without moving closer, I exhaled steadily, and my breath, a sudden wind, and the fly found its legs, rubbed its face, and flew away. I continued to stare at the latch, hoping that someday the breath of something incomprehensible would write me and enable me to fly. And God waits. And the second you give an opening, why are you waiting to fly? I remind you, we all have wings. Waiting to flutter in the sun and create the rainbow of our dreams, you and I. But the picture in our mind doesn't allow you and I to have wings. And I'm saying to you, change the picture. Get a new slide. Visualize the power in which you reside. 
And when you do that, you will learn exactly what the butterfly learns. That it is through the crawling of the caterpillar and the crawling of you and I that leads us to a cocoon that we never thought was possible. And most of the time, the cocoon is uncomfortable. There is no room to grow in it. It's caused by relationships dancing together and pain and struggle, disease, hurt, and fear. And as you wrap yourself in that, have the conversation with the universe and give the universe a clue. And like the tiny little fly on the windowsill, when you give an opening to God, the winds of the breath of God will push you into the flight you never thought possible. But the universe waits. Why are you waiting? Fly. Pray with me. There is a breath in the universe. It is found in the flutter of the leaves. It is found in the mighty wing of the storms we had yesterday. It is found in the power of hail and the floods that get released. That God source, that God power lives, moves, and has its being through every aspect of life. It is the pulse and heartbeat of who we are. And I know I am one with that breath. I know it is breathing me. And I know it is breathing every single person in this space and in the world. That divine breath that requires two things, to breathe in and to breathe out. And so this day we breathe out anything in our lives that causes us not to fly. We remove all fear, we remove all excuses, and we stand in the divine power of the wind that longs to breathe into us the power to spread our wings. I claim that for us this day. I claim it for our world, that all people are created equal and free. But we must spread the wings. I claim that for us this day. We remove anything that causes us not to spread our wings and fly. Ah, what a joy it is to stand in that divine power, in that divine knowing, knowing that as I think and as I speak this morning, the universe is keenly listening and cannot wait to express itself and manifest itself through our clues. I choose the clue today for us, and I give permission for the universe to allow us to fly, to breathe into us the possibility of imagination, creativity, and divine daydreaming. I claim that for us. I claim it for our world. I am in such gratitude that this is how the universe works and I can play with it. I say thank you, Spirit, for the courage to step forward, to stand in divine knowing, to come to the edge in order to be pushed. I say thank you. I say thank you, Spirit, for the cocoon, that which makes us uncomfortable. I say thank you, Spirit, knowing its divine right order is waiting for us to break the cocoon and fly. 
what a joy it is to stand in this divine power, to surrender to the power of spirit, knowing it is all good, it is all possible, and it is all God. I simply release this prayer unto the universal law, which has no option but to pay attention to me, to listen to what I have said, and to manifest it. And so with one voice, we remember who we are. We sing and affirm this truth as we do every single week. I am the place where God lives, moves and breathes and has its being. I am the place where God shows up. I am the place where God lives, moves and breathes and has its being. I am the place where God shows up. I am the place where God lives, moves and breathes and has its being. I am the place where God shows up. where God lives, moves and breathes and has its being. I am the place where God shows up. I am the place where God lives, moves and breathes and has its being. I am the place where God shows up. It's the time we get to spread our wings in prosperity, to give generously because the universe takes a clue from us and then gives it back to us. So I invite you to take your tithe, your gift in your hand, and I invite those who are watching us online, part of our virtual audience, I invite you to also donate to our ministry. So place your tithe and gift over your heart and let us pray our affirmation together. I joyfully celebrate the flow of God through me. I am grateful for receiving and giving to my spiritual community. I give thanks, always knowing God is my source. And so it is.